We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Local school administrators go on a denial campaign and claim the things they're being accused of in local schools aren't true. Well, on today's show, I'm going to share facts with you. Actual reports, quotations from moms and dads, and I have screenshots of photos. I'm going to share the details with you. This garbage is going on in your local schools. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks for listening into the show. As you know, over the course of the last week or so, I've been very forthright with regard to our local public schools. I got involved in the school board election debate by supporting one candidate over another, And the reason I did that is because the status quo is not acceptable. I wrote an article for the Washington Times this last week, and I titled it, Our Other Mother is a Prostitute. And when I was referring to other mother, I was referring to the Latin words alma mater. Those words mean nourishing mother. Alma means nourishing, and mater means mother. That's Latin for nourishing mother. And we call our academic institutions, those that we have attended, our high schools and our colleges, we call them our alma maters. And we do that with affection and loyalty. We wear the colors of our schools with pride. We remember their mascots, and we refer to ourselves as being that mascot. We are a Bruin. We are a Hornet or a Wolverine or a Spartan. You get my point. We have a loyalty to our alma maters, and I I think it's good generally. But if that loyalty becomes blind, and if we're loyal to a fault, and if we're ignoring the sins of our nourishing mother, and I'll refer to it from henceforth as other mother, if we're referring to our other mother as good when in fact she's bad, then we have a problem because we're living in crazy land. We're, we're delusional. And in many cases, we're lying. We're lying to ourselves and we're lying to other people. Because if our other mother is no longer nourishing us, if our other mother is giving us poison rather than those things that will help us grow, then we need to stop drinking it. We need to challenge the other mother. We need to recognize that she's sleeping around with a, with a host of Johns that are making her sick and she's passing that disease, that STD, on to the rest of society, on to the rest of us. And in fact, that is the case. It's the case across the land. It's the case that is causing a lot of parents and, fortunately, a handful of teachers to rise up and say, you know what, Piper, you're absolutely right. I'm experiencing this stuff at Owasso Public Schools, at Jinx Public Schools, at Bartlesville Public Schools. I'm experiencing it. And if if you don't live in Oklahoma, Northeast Oklahoma, and you don't recognize those school districts that I just referred to, then just take out those names and put your own school district in the blank because it is happening in your backyard too. Because as I've said in the last two consecutive shows, if the canary in the mind 
if the canary in the cave is dead or if it's dying because of the poisonous gases. You need to get out of that cave. You need to leave. That's what the metaphor of the canary in the mine or the canary in the cave is all about because reportedly they used to do that. They'd put a canary down in the coal mine to see if the gases down there were safe, if the air down there was safe to breathe. And if the bird came up dead, then it wasn't safe to go down into the mine. You stay out of it. There's something wrong. And Oklahoma, the reddest of red states, is the canary. If the canary is dying here in Oklahoma, in, in my particular case, northeast Oklahoma, which is more conservative than Oklahoma City or Tulsa, there's no question that if you live in the greater Tulsa area or the greater Oklahoma City area, that you're probably prone to more progressive conversations, progressive movements, progressive policies than we are in Northeast Oklahoma because we fancy ourselves as being the conservative bastion of the reddest of red states. We take pride in that. I, I like living here because of that. But if the canary up in here in Northeast Oklahoma is dying or dead, then you better recognize that the stuff you're breathing, these ideas that you're inhaling, these ideas that you're consuming, if you will. I've referred to it before as ideological carcinogens. If you're consuming ideological carcinogens, then you're going to have cancer of heart, mind, and soul. And you're going to die as the result of that. Your soul is going to die. You're going to be given over to a reprobate mind. You won't be able to think any longer. You're going to worship yourself rather than worship the things that are worthy of your worship, i.e. God and his his standards, his principles, his way of life. That's what's happening right now. And I've talked about this stuff ad nauseum. You know that. And the reason I have is because I'm an educator, and this stuff really gets under my skin because I know the power of education. It's one of the most powerful things we have in any culture. It, 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 you really can't destroy a culture with bullets and bombs. You can cause carnage, you can cause millions of deaths, but you can't destroy a culture with bullets and bombs. Because people that are left, those that survive the battle, will still hold tenaciously to the ideals, and they'll rise up and they'll, they'll defeat you eventually because they hold on to the values, the virtues, the ideals of their culture. Because... You never bothered to confront their ideas. You just tried to crush them with, with military force. So you don't win over a culture with bullets and bombs. Ultimately, the way you win over a culture is with ideas. Stalin knew this. Hitler knew this. Mao knew this. The Frankfurt School knew this. And that's why you're dealing with this crap right now in your culture. It's because it's coming out of your classrooms. They've been teaching these bad ideas for decades, and the chickens are coming home to roost. And I'm going to prove it to you today. I'm going to share with you a report from a mom from Jinx and a teacher from Bartlesville. And I'm going to give you the details. The details to support the accusations that I have fielded on this show and in writing. No, I'm not making this stuff up. I've got screenshots. I've got firsthand reports. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. 
In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. All right, the rest of the show, I'm just going to share with you details as to what's going on. The first thing I'm going to read to you is this uh, report from a mom. And she's reporting on Jenks Public Schools. Now, for those of you listening who aren't from Oklahoma, if you're listening from Ohio or Kentucky, Texas, Arkansas, whatnot, or Michigan, I know I've got a lot of listeners up there too. If you're listening from these other areas and you, and you don't know where Jenks is, it's down by Tulsa. It's in the greater uh, metro Tulsa area. All right, this is what the mom sent me. And I'm not going to share her name because I don't want her to be attacked. And if there's anything in the email that she sent me that um, identifies her, I won't, uh, I won't read that. But this is, otherwise I'm reading verbatim from the note that she sent me. I wanted to share what happened at Jinx Middle School yesterday. This isn't hearsay or rumors. I have confirmed from 10 plus different parents that their children all had the exact same story. And uh, she goes on to say that she's actually thanking Jinx Public School for uh, taking action. But the problem here is this garbage was taking place in the first place and that Jinx actually hired a person without vetting him enough to catch this stuff in advance. Action was taken today, and a teacher was removed. Here are a few things that my child and his friends heard in their classroom middle school uh, over the last few weeks and months. He was a teacher for sex ed and totally talked about inappropriate stuff. He told us that he was bisexual and talked about his relationship with his wife. Okay, full stop right there. Why do we need to know what teachers do in their bedroom? Why can't they just keep their mouths shut? What adult feels it's necessary to tell anybody, other adults or children, surely? What adult thinks it's necessary or appropriate to share with other people what you do in your bedroom? I've said it a thousand times. If you want me to stay out of your bedroom, then shut the stupid door. Stop opening it up publicly and forcing us all to stand there and applaud what you do. We're not the ones making an issue out of this. You are. We're responding to it, yes, but we're not the ones that bring it to the forefront every day. 
If you want the public to stay out of your private bedroom, then stop opening, opening the door up all the time and making your private behavior a public discussion. I'm just sick and tired of us being the ones who are labeled fixated on these issues, fixated on sex. No, conservatives aren't. We actually think it's appropriate to keep your mouth shut every once in a while on these issues and not to be talking about them incessantly and surely not opening up your bedroom door to middle schoolers and telling them what you do. So in this note from this mom, she says that this teacher was telling middle school students that he was bisexual and he talked about what he did with his wife all the time. He told us he didn't agree with school sex education curriculum and wouldn't tell us to wait to have sex. This is a student reporting out to her mom. I'll read that again. He told us he didn't agree with the school sex ed curriculum and he, he wouldn't tell us to wait to have sex. He said it was his, if, if it was his curriculum, he would tell kids to do what they want to do, but make sure that they are protected, that condoms were substantially effective, etc., etc. So let's full stop right there. Condoms aren't 100% effective. Everybody knows that. So why are you telling kids to engage in an activity by using protection that's not 100% effective? There is going to be a certain percentage of kids that will get sick as the result of doing the thing that you just told them to do. Why don't you just tell them not to do it? Oh, but they're going to do it anyway. Well, if they're going to eat carcinogens anyway, you don't just give them little bits of it. You tell them not to do it, and you make sure that they don't, and you teach them the discipline necessary to stay away from the stuff that will kill them. I mean, this, uh, this argument that they're going to do it anyway just drives me crazy. There are lots of things that human beings are going to do anyway, but we teach them not to do them and we impose upon them the moral lessons necessary so that they understand that they're not supposed to do those things. And if we do a decent job in moral instruction, by and large, they don't. And when they do, we correct it. We don't coddle it and we don't enable it. Why in the world we don't think we can do this with sexual behavior just... Wow. I mean, really, you don't think you can teach people to behave decently when it comes to sexual behavior. You don't think that that can be done? Are we nothing but running animals that can't be controlled? When did we give ourselves up to this crazy, this crazy animalistic idea as to who we are? I'll tell you when we did it. It's when we embraced radical Darwinism because at that point we bought the lie that we are nothing but evolved beasts. And if you're nothing but an evolved beast, then you'll act like a beast. So let's just try to mitigate the damage by wearing a condom that is not 100% effective. And this guy is even admitting it in his instruction. Back to this letter from this mom. He uh, told one kid that if he wanted to know what an annoyance in society was or something like that, then go look in the mirror. So he confronted this kid apparently because... This student had the audacity to challenge the teacher's moral nihilism. So the teacher, the adult in the room, responds to a, a middle school kid, a kid probably 12, 13, 14 years of age, and tells him that if you want to know what an annoyance in society is, then go look in the mirror. Who's being immature here? Whose response is juvenile? It's the teacher's. Juvenile in every way. 
More from the letter. He told kids that he thought parents were annoying. And that's why he never read or replied to emails from parents. He would usually just skim over them and then ignore them. He would talk about how teenage boys are all just horny. Classrooms are for education, math and science and reading and writing and PE and music and art, period. That's the mother saying that right now. And this teacher, I won't mention the name because I don't know if I have permission to right now. She mentions the name. And if I mention the name, it may zero in. This teacher is from Metro Christian Academy. That's where this teacher went to school. And thus my criticism of Christian schools. Christian schools are producing these people. This, this, this teacher, this juvenile, immature teacher, who's, who's telling kids, middle school kids, to just go run around like animals, who's telling middle school kids what he does with his wife, who's telling middle school uh, kids that he's bisexual. This teacher is a graduate of Metro Christian Academy in Tulsa, and he has gay pride flags and stickers throughout his classroom, and he refused to remove them after the administration asked him to do so. This is the concluding paragraph here from this mom. When a teacher goes rogue on sex education curriculum, there's so much damage that can be done, and students aren't always comfortable telling their parents about it. Maybe, maybe I'm old school, says this mom, but I feel that that's the beginning stages of grooming children. Close quote. Spot on. These teachers and these schools that hire these teachers are grooming your children. You need to start using that word. They hate that word. But that's what they're doing. There's no other explanation for it. There's no other definition for it. When you've got an adult talking to a bunch of 12-year-olds about what he does with his wife, telling them that he's bi, flying rainbow flags all over in the classroom while he does this, encouraging these kids to act out sexually and actually telling them that any restrictions on their behavior is wrong and that if he were in charge of the sex ed curriculum, he would not tell them to stop doing things. He would just tell them to protect themselves, quote unquote, with a condom that is not effective, thereby subjecting some of these kids to pregnancy and sexually transmitted diseases. I've said over and over again that over 25% of the millennial age women in our nation are carrying some sort of sexually transmitted disease. Why? Because of teachers like this and schools like this and Christian schools that are pumping out these teachers that are teaching your kids. When you see that somebody graduated from a Christian school, don't take it for granted that that's going to be a good thing. It might, it might, but it not it might not be. In fact, wolves in sheep's clothing are dangerous, but wolves in shepherd's clothing are downright deadly. And just because you think the school they graduated from means that they're a shepherd? No, they may not be. They may be a wolf, and that's very dangerous. In fact, it's deadly. Let's go on to the next story, as I have time left in the show. I want to share with you a letter that I received from a Bartlesville public school teacher. And here it is. Okay, now the context for this is I received this letter from a Bartlesville public school teacher, a current teacher, somebody that is there right now. And the reason I'm receiving this is because he or she agrees with me. And I'm saying he or she because I don't want to out them publicly. 
and you'll understand when I read this letter that I received from him. All right, so I'm not using gender-neutral pronouns right now, okay? I'm referring to this person in a generic fashion so as not to out them. Uh, and I'm using a plural there when I should be referring to a singular. I'm sorry. It's, it's just amazing that we have to explain ourselves away on this crap today. All right, this is what I received. Uh, a person supporting my commentary with regard to the Bartlesville public school stuff and the recent school board election. All right. Uh, I'll start with the letter right now. We have problems. I've been reading all of your articles and posts, and you are right on. We have a liberal takeover in the district. Some Christians have been ousted and liberals moved into their positions. Our current admins at the high school are all liberals. The district administration is now all liberals. I don't know how much longer I can work in the district with all this stuff going on. People are gullible and naive, and Christians voted for Bilger, who was the school board president running for re-election, and he did get... He did get reappointed. He won the election. That's obviously a parenthetical insert that I've put in there by way of explanation. So back to the letter from this teacher. People are gullible and naive. Christians voted for Bilger, who is a liberal in disguise, while laughing and sneering at Bolding. Bolding is the guy that ran against him. Laughing and sneering at Bolding, who is a Christian and smart. I was less concerned about his lack of experience, Bolding's, and more concerned about the wolf in sheep's clothing, Bilger. We are in trouble, and I could lose my job if I told you some of the things I have, I have seen. I have to be careful. When our superintendent and Bilger blatantly dismissed critical race theory in a recent debate in open form and said it does not exist here in our schools, I was so mad. They no longer call it CRT, but the concepts are taught by some teachers are and are embedded in the current curriculum in our school. People are too stupid to figure it out. I sit in classrooms helping students and have heard the ridiculous nonsense that they've been taught. We are in trouble, and I am praying about what I need to do. Thank you for the strong stand you take, and thank you for your boldness. And she provides me with a screenshot of a classroom in Bartlesville Public Schools, Bartlesville High School, where a teacher is sitting underneath a gay pride flag to her right, and right behind her, right behind her as she sits at her desk, is a transgender flag sitting directly below the American flag. That's in Bartlesville High School. Now I have screenshots of Bilger, the president of the Bartlesville Public School Board, endorsing a candidate, a politician, in a recent race for our House District representation here in Bartlesville. The candidate that he endorsed openly, openly identifies as bisexual and polysexual, polyamorous. And Bilger endorsed this candidate to be our House representative. Do you think that's a pretty good indication as to what Bilger's views are? Now, the same candidate recently sent out a, a, a Facebook message begging all people to call Governor Stitt and tell him to veto the Save Women's Sports Act. And in that email, excuse me, Facebook post, she actually said the reasons, she shared the reasons why, why uh, Governor Stitt should veto that act. And one of the reasons to veto that is that trans girls are girls. No, they're not. 
Trans girls aren't girls. They're boys who are intruding into girls' sports and spaces and showers and bathrooms. That's how ridiculous this stuff is getting. That's the nonsense that you're getting in Bartlesville public schools. Now, I also have screenshots of Bartlesville public schools' test scores. Do you know what the test scores for Bartlesville public schools are? These are recent test scores. And the schools that rank ahead of Bartlesville are Bixby, Owasso, Jinx, Choctaw, Broken Arrow, Stillwater, Collinsville, Skyatook. All of those schools rank higher than Bartlesville. Bartlesville then comes in, and then you have Sand Springs, Sepulpa, Claremore, Ponca City, Union, Enid, and Tulsa. So why are we so proud? Why are we so proud of our alma mater, our other mother, when you have this kind of garbage being taught in the classrooms, when you have that kind of garbage, the rainbow flag and the transgender flag being flown in a high school, right underneath the American flag, and then you have the school board president endorsing a candidate who openly identifies as bi-poly, and who is calling upon Governor Stitt to deny girls their right to participate in their own sports, and that boys shouldn't be intruding into those sports and culturally appropriating unto themselves stuff that isn't theirs. A girl's shower and a girl's bathroom, a girl's identity, a girl's dignity. Why are we allowing this stuff to take place in the conservative bastion of northeast Oklahoma? Why is it going on in Jenks, and why is it going on in Bartlesville? It's going on in Owasso, too. I don't have time to share that story with you on this show, but they've recently had to deal with a teacher down there that was grooming, grooming children. The stuff is pervasive. Metro Christian schools produced the teacher in Jenks that just had to be removed because he was telling your kids to do whatever they want to do. Just protect yourselves. And that your parents are crazy. I won't, even re- I won't even return their calls. I don't even read their emails. I just ignore them because they're nuts. You think that's sending a, a message to your kids that maybe you sh- they should do the same? Because if my teacher won't attend to my dad or my mom's concerns, then I guess I don't need to attend to those concerns either, right? Do you think that's what he's teaching your kids? Absolutely that's what he's teaching. And then in Bartlesville, we just elected a school board president who's endorsing a political candidate who's bi-poly, and who thinks that women shouldn't have their own sports. And we did that under a conservative banner, a good Republican banner. And then I have this teacher from Bartlesville Public Schools, excuse me, Bartlesville Public Schools, sending me a note saying it's a mess. I'm dealing with the mess, she says. I see the garbage they're teaching in my school. I see what kids bring to me when I'm trying to help them study when I'm trying to help them succeed academically. I have to deal with the ridiculous nonsense that they've been taught. And then, as I said, I've got other people coming to me, sharing with me information about, well, I guess the day after the election, the Gideons get called and told that they can't distribute Bibles in Bartlesville public schools, at least the elementary schools. You can't do that anymore. Do you think it's a coincidence that they waited until after the day of the election to call the Gideons and tell them that? Hmm, I'm not sure there's much that is coincidence any longer. And then I understand that uh, the Bartlesville public school superintendent is making the rounds, denying that, that these some of these rumors out there are true. Well, I don't know what rumors he re- he's referring to, but I've got a hunch They might be the exact, quote-unquote, rumors that I'm sharing with you on this show. Folks, they are not rumors. 
Again, I've got screenshots. I've got direct quotes. I've had to deal with some of their comments myself. I have this, this letter from a local parent here in Bartlesville Public Schools. And I also have letters from parents in other school districts, such as Jenks. The chickens are coming home to roost. The reason we're dealing with all of this stuff, all of this nonsense, all of this nihilism, all of this fascism, and ideological fascism that's prevailing every day in our streets. The reason our culture is unraveling is because we no longer teach good ideas. We disparage them, we mock them, we malign them. And we're telling our kids, middle school age kids, to run around like a bunch of animals and just protect themselves. Yeah, you're waving the rainbow flag while you say it, which makes you a good person, I guess, because you're tolerant. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.